My mom's calling me. Hi, mom. Hello. Oh, sorry. I'm about to be recording my book called book podcast. Can I call you back later? Yeah. Okay. Love you, mom. Bye. That was funny. You you combined book podcast and call you back later. Book collage black later. Welcome to the Better the Bookshelf podcast, episode 42. In this episode, we are talking about On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vaughn. I am Ryan, and with me is my good buddy and fellow host, Jacob. Yes, hello and welcome to the Better the Bookshelf podcast, our little book club, book cult, book something or other, episode 42. Mm-hmm. Man. Getting close to fifty. We are. It's it's creeping up. I feel like we're we just barely hit forty, which you know we did because that was only two episodes ago. But yes, fifties on the horizon. The end of the years on the horizon. We got a few things for that. It's gonna yeah. be fun, but we shouldn't overlook this episode. This is gonna be fun. It's gonna be an interesting conversation. Interesting. So it's been a while since we've tried to just go into a podcast very. Um, Naked. Uh, unknown as to each other's thoughts or plan out maybe a few things that we're going to do or interactions or anything like that. Any Anything's of, of note. So this is going to be this is going to be interesting to kind of yeah. get the feelers back and forth because I know I, I know you were you were excited and you were kind yeah. of maybe your expectations going into this book from last last time we were in here were kind of elevated. So I'm interesting. Yeah. Just interested to see your thoughts on everything and. Especially being someone like yourself who loves poetry, that's yes. a huge thing that we can talk about today too. But it's going to be a fun episode, and it's going to be a traditional episode. Uh, we're going to tell you a little bit about Ocean Vuong. I'm going to give you a brief summary. It might just be the the book jacket. I don't know. I might be lazy yeah. on that. And then we're just going to get into it. Uh, we'll chew everything over. Maybe have a few questions for each other. Maybe get into some passages. I know that you dog uh, you dog eared a, a lot of stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, that'll be interesting. And then, of course, we'll give you our patented three-tier, four if we're getting rid of it, five if we're re-gifting it to someone for a white elephant, uh, six if we're uh, putting it on the naughty list and just giving it coal. Yeah. And then, of course, I'm a little early on these Christmas references. Probably an episode off. We're in the season, though. We're in December. I feel good. And then, of course, we'll tell you about what we've got coming up on our final episode of the year. Pretty sure, because it'll be coming out on the 23rd. Uh, yeah. The final one will release on the year. We'll probably record yeah. one, yeah. but that probably will not come out until the beginning of the year. So I get, I'm excited I get the Christmas episode again. Yes. I got it last year, but 100%. yes, we'll, we'll tell you about what's coming up on uh, future episodes. So Yeah. So if you haven't read this book, go pick it up and give it a read and then come back and listen to the podcast about it. Otherwise, you're just going to get some weird Cliff Notes version of what it, the book is about and uh, you should just go read it. Yeah. I would think that anybody that listens to book podcasts at this point is actually into reading and I'm, not just trying to glean information from us. Well, I'm more of a Spark Notes than Cliff Notes kind of guy. Okay, fair I enough. I feel like, although Cliff's notes, he, he got, Cliff got on the scene first. I feel like uh, everything within the Spark Notes yeah. sort of came in and, and, and upped the ante so much. And Okay. Yeah, I mean, aren't those, are, does anyone even actually use those anymore? Because it's so limited on the titles that you would get. I feel like just now you just go online. Yeah, you go on. I'm sure that, that there's some Anywhere like, that you want anything. Yeah. So. There's got to be a subreddit for, you know, book spoilers. 
So okay. tell us, Ryan, what did what information did you gather about Ocean Vong? Yeah, so uh, Ocean was uh, was born in Ho Chi Minh City in uh, 1988, and uh, immigrated to to the U.S. Um, you know, with with his mother. The, his mom was a, a manicurist, um, and uh, <laughs> did uh, did pronounce the word beach as bitch uh, while uh, while sh- she was uh, at work. And uh, the customer suggested that she use the word ocean instead, and uh, supposedly that's it's played into uh, his his naming. Um, obviously, he he is gay, um, openly gay, um, as I'm sure that we will talk about you know throughout our our podcast. But uh, he's got a BA uh, in 19th century English lit from Brooklyn College. Uh, and he's got an MFA in poetry from uh, New York. He's won some pretty prestigious awards already. Uh, the Ruth Lee um, Sergeant Rosenberg Fellowship, uh, Pushcart Prize, T.S. Eliot Prize, and uh, MacArthur Fellowship. So for a guy that is young by you know all standards, um, he is already well on his way to becoming an accomplished writer. I love that you refer to him as young, since yeah. we, he and I share the same birth year. Yeah, and so my, my wife, too. I can latch on to that, and I, too, still feel young at heart. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, quick summary of On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous. This is this is an interesting book to summarize, because I feel like my summary was best done by you on the cover yeah. read last time. But essentially, On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous is a letter, a compilation of our narrator's thoughts uh, relating to his experience with his mother who's abusive and has all of these issues stemming from Vietnam, his grandmother, his family in general, and, uh, you know, an aside of uh, his romantic coming of age kind of and yeah. getting into his uh, his sexuality. So it's, it's kind yes. of a little hodgepodge of everything. It is. All together in one, intentionally. Perfect. Okay, let's get into this. Okay. First of all, first thing I want to put out there. Yes. Is somewhere, if you took a bunch of writers, a bunch of publishers, Uh editors, whatever, and you put them in a lab, and you tasked them with sort of creating uh, literally probably everything that I would hate about having to read in a novel and put it all together in one. Oh, God. You probably couldn't do better than than this book for me. Really? Really. We're, We're starting there. We are starting there. No, I mean, okay. So I'm just going to get it out there. I didn't enjoy this book. Okay. Um, And that's not because it was bad, I guess, in a traditional sense of what you would consider bad in writing. Sure. I think the writing was fine. I think, obviously... The, the author's strong point is is prose and language and all of these things that certainly come from his poetry background and spill into into this book and, and work kind of to try and elevate the story. Yeah. I think the problem stems from the fact that he's not a novelist and there's not really a story in there uh-huh. so much as just kind of like a piecemeal collection of of thoughts and and sort of using this poetry background to sort of like add all of this imagery, add all of this like interconnection to them, and it leaves me as a reader, as someone who I've said it on the uh, on the podcast before, I am the literary caveman. I like a story with <laughs> I like a story with fleshed out characters yeah, that yeah. have at least some semblance of an arc, that have some semblance of a progression throughout the story that we can follow. I love plot. I love I love those basic foundational elements of a novel to kind of carry yeah. me through. And 
where I think you can inject interesting little bits is how you decide to get them from point A to point B in their sure. story, right? Sure. How you get them there and what what the end results of that are, those are where you can kind of pull and tug and here and there and 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 make interesting things happen. But the story didn't have a point A to B to me. It just had like a point Z. It just had one point and it just had a bunch of things kind of like nebulously webbing off of it yeah, yeah. that are interesting thoughts and and interesting themes and the book isn't without moments that make you think very very much about kind of like your own personal experiences with sure, a lot of the sure. things that the author is covering but a novel it is not in my opinion yeah. or at least just in a sense of something that I would seek out to try and read and enjoy it was not enjoyable for me at all in the slightest and it was an exercise in patience and an exercise in in you know working up an endurance towards just an abundance of imagery and metaphors and similes yeah. and just all of this i guess poetic or this literary technique that was trying to enhance something that wasn't there it was it was it was like 97% style for me and maybe 3% substance. Yeah, and so I think that is the that's the beauty of this book is sure. is that if you approach it from a substance standpoint, it's going to be difficult to value it as, you know, a sort of traditional work sure. like like you've just described. But if you're going to approach it from it's a little bit avant-garde. He uses um, this sort of format as as a a, a letter, um, and you know it's it's this very disjointed um, sort of formatting. We get some you know segments of poetry in here. We certainly get uh, you know heavy heavy amounts of uh, of language um, and complex prose and you know metaphor all throughout. And I think that um, if you don't, you know, sink your teeth into that kind of thing with this book, then yeah, you're 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 not going to enjoy, you know, what it has to offer, and it is difficult. Um, I even struggled at at some points with some of the just interconnectivity of it all. Right, um, sure. it felt a, um, a little bit in some ways like uh, Hundred Years of Solitude, where you're sort of getting this like multi generational um, sort of repetition um, being woven in through there. Um, you know, you, you obviously very, very much have, you know, the poetry shining through with just the, the word choice and language, which is so rich throughout this entire book, mm -hmm. um, almost to the point of being, um, like saccharine in, in its like linguistic nature. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there, this is a complex book and, you know, sure. I, I'm not surprised and that you you are reacting or have sure. reacted the way that and you I, did. And I'm hundred percent not surprised that it has such sort of glowing reviews and recommendations from people because I think so much of it too is, you know, this book hinges a lot on like the experiential things that we see from mm -hmm. the, from the, the narrator, which, you know, kind of are a play on, I guess, ocean's actual life yeah, and yep. experiences. I mean, obviously they are, but I think that, if you have a strong connection to those type of experiences or to that sort of feeling or lifestyle, you know, it, it, you're, you know, if you're sort of dealing with the issues on sexuality or with sort of uh, lifestyle within your family or family interaction, just with with things like 
the the duality of cultures that you come from or kind mm-hmm. of like assimilating that into society or dealing with sort of abuse issues or just kind of dealing with all of those things in general. There's absolutely a lot in here that I'm sure could resonate with someone like that. I right. don't possess any of those things. And so a lot of what this book hinges on to sort of connect with the reader, it just completely misses the mark for me. And sure, so it's, sure. it's very difficult for me. And I guess that's a limitation of my experience and a limitation of how I approach reading in general. And that's yeah. that's why, again, I don't think that this is, this isn't, you know, like one of those books that I think we would just pan because the writing's poor and the story goes nowhere and the characters right, right. are underdeveloped. Because that, to me, this book seemed like it never had that intent in mind to create like a fleshed out story no, or something that not. was interesting. Yeah. And I suppose, good job, you you succeeded in a sense of creating this very like kind of complex and convoluted sort of, you kind of have two sides of this character, right? Dealing with his family and his background and sort of the relationship with his mom and grandma and then sort of dealing with Trevor and dealing with his sexuality and coming right, of age right. and the loss yep. of that sort of element in your life and they're very loosely and sort of like layered on top of each other and it's kind of mm-hmm. haphazard. And it's, to me, it's just, it's a lot of it comes down to personal, personal, um, I guess just desires or personal approaches to, to reading or to, I guess, enjoying elements of reading. Yeah. And like I said, I don't think you could create a book in a lab that would be more, off-putting to me as far as like my own level of enjoyment and reading yeah. it than this book. And that's unfortunate really, because like I said, I don't think it's a bad book. I just personally, it did nothing for me. It did nothing for me in the slightest. And yeah. we can get into specifics of the book and I'm sure we will. And yeah, we should. We Absolutely. can definitely get into um, the writing style because it does, that is a huge huge reason behind a lot of well, let's, uh, let's my start there let's, let's with start with uh with i'm assuming by that you mean like the language sure language and just kind of the the structure for how this story is told now yeah we, i i mean i guess i guess this would border on stream of consciousness because really it's you know we're it, the the story sure, is yeah. framed the story is framed that it's you know it's a letter to his illiterate mother sort of detailing all of these issues. But the reality of it is, is that's just kind of a vehicle. It's just sort of a very loose, like memoir sort of personal journal. And, you know, we even have like creative things in here where there's like, there's like words crossed out and it kind of replaced by things in there. Mm -hmm, And it's, mm -hmm. it's very much like it's, it was a very conscientious choice going into the book that it's like, we're going to do something like you said, very, avant-garde, very kind of like free form. Yeah. And I don't have, you know, obviously I don't have as extensive of a background in, in poetry or understanding sort of the, the trends in poetry. So I don't know if this is something that's, you know, a recent thing. Cause when I think of poetry, you know, I think of, I think of very sort of traditional kind of like, uh, stanza poetry. And yeah, I know that yeah. that obviously is not one size fits all for everything, but right. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just a limitation of my own experiences with poetic writing and maybe in poetry collections or things like that. But that's what it felt like to me. It felt like you were trying to go from writing writing poetry to sort of how can I make this work without sort of compromising stylistically or, or compromising the things I want to do and put it in a novel. Right. And 
to me, it just seemed like it's like, okay, well, I'll make things longer and I'll just call it a novel. Yeah. So I think like think back to when we did the episode on Christina Thatcher's Mm -hmm. More Than You Were. Um, That was, you know, to, to date, the only poetry collection that we've that we've done. And like you read an individual poem and it is a microcosm of a thing, right? Yeah. You get an impression about a, a situation or a relationship or sometimes just a, a sort of flash in the pan moment of, of memory. Sure. Um, those things combined into a, a longer work, a collection like we read, um, you get some semblance of like continuity for like a, an overarching story, but nothing's ever clear, right? Right. Um, like in you know Christina's, you you very clearly get that um, you know she grew up in a, in a household that was somewhat abusive, you know, full of addiction, and you know this is you know sort of followed her through her adulthood and her father's death and and all that kind of stuff. But there are a lot of um, sort of plot holes, if you will, in in those situations that you kind of wonder like what is what is really kind of under the undercurrent here and, and yeah. while poetry i think can be um very expositional in in its like um excavation of like emotions mm-hmm. it's not always um good about you know clearing up the details and what i think that ocean did in this book is is if poetry is is like a broken bottle um, uh, and, and you're just picking up pieces of glass, um, and you're thinking, well, this, this shape is really interesting. It reminds me of such and such, you know, look at this. What Ocean tried to do, in my opinion, was gather all these, these pieces that you would normally put in, in separate categories in a, in a collection mm-hmm. and try to glue the bottle back together. So you have sure. a more comprehensive scope of, you know, a situation, a childhood, uh, sort of a coming of age, like we read here. Um, and, and the novel is is a more complete vehicle to to do that than yeah. you know a poetry collection. So, um, yeah, I, I think if you if you approach it from you know that this is this is a novel, this is a prose you know thing, mm-hmm. um, then yeah, it's problematic. I think if you realize that you know he is a poet, this is a debut novel, and it's something that is experimental, and this is why. This time around, I read up about this book oh. beforehand, which changed my perception. Sure, and absolutely. Um, and it was one of the things, too. I mean, you prefaced this on the last yeah. episode with, we're definitely going somewhere more literary. And so it was right. not, and and you know, we kind of laid the foundation of he's a poet. This is his first uh, full-length novel. Like, there was no, I didn't have an expectation. And that's why I'm not so like, just, oh, this book was awful. It was, yeah. It's more so it's like, hey, I can understand how people like this book didn't work for me. That's, that's more of the position sure. I'm holding. Because it is. It's very experimental. It's very um, literary. It's very much, I can understand enclaves that would find this in, incredible work. You yeah. know, whether yeah. it's dealing with you know, very vivid sort of depictions of like sexuality and, and sort of the emotions that arise from that. And, and I guess even more, you know, if we're talking about just like homosexuality and, and relationships in a very kind of like detailed manner that I don't think, you know, you can really get anywhere else like it's something like that sort of paired with um you know paired with the kind of back sort of that backstory of just that the familial tensions that are laid from kind of those experiences in vietnam and then we get some of those through through stories of of that that it's there is there's there's a lot of things in here that i can see someone grabbing onto and just like writing it out and enjoying sure and none of it worked with me and that's so i think 
I just wanted to get that out of the way. Yeah, I know that no. we're kind of a little ways into the episode. No, we're here, fine. But... We're fine. I because I, I, I think this this is this is the heart of of what needs to be discussed. I think sure early I mean, on with this book. One of the things. I mean, again, it's a very it's very plot light and very emotional heavy. Like right. for for any small minute or thing that happens plot wise, you know, we mm-hmm. spend more time, I guess, reflecting on the emotions and sort of how it relates to something else that he's felt and sort of these, and then sort of grounded in some other uh, unrelated event or anything that sort of introduces itself as kind of a, right. Just sort of a, a factual basis, you know, to, yeah. to pull from. And so it's a lot of that. And it's, it's very little like, okay, what, so here's, here's, what happens and then yeah. this happens and then happens because there's a lot of nonlinearity to that too with the, with the story in here, you know, we get a lot of jumping back and forth and I understand that in a sense of how it's written because it's, you don't just, when you're, I guess, talking to someone or you're trying to explain situations in your life or at least emotions or at least situations that have arisen over your life, you tend to group them together by how you feel or the effect that they had on you sure. or their interconnectedness, not necessarily in a linearity of time, right? You don't go, well, I was eight years old and then this happened and then something else happened when I was nine. You know, it tends to yep. be like I was eight. And then also, you know, when I was 20 and had this experience, it, it very much sort of had the same effect on me. Like, I get that. Yeah. Um, but it, that, to me, also doesn't do, uh, you know, a great deal of service for the readability of this. For someone that's just looking to open a book and enjoy just a nice, relaxing read, this is yep. a very much like, you have to be engaged. Yep. And... For some people, like, I don't mind being engaged in reading. There are plenty of books that we've read that are complex, at least in their structure and their plots and just the way that they're written, that you have to very much, you have to be engaged because you'll get a few pages, you'll get a few pages of just kind of like tuning out and then you'll be like, shit, I'm completely lost. I have to go back. Yep. Yep. Um, but this book, it's, it was one of those, it was like, I needed to be very engaged to take it in, Same. but the payoff for being that engaged to me was, it was like, I'm not getting any payoff for, for spending all this right. time, like thinking about this and being engaged in this. So yeah. So kind of like that double, that double whammy of that, of it's a book that really requires the reader to be engaged. And if you can pull things out of that, that you like, mm-hmm. there's a payoff for you there. There wasn't for me, but there yeah. might be for somebody else. Yeah. So I've spent most of the episode so far kind of making a case that, you know, what he does is is worthwhile, right? Sure. Um but I completely agree with everything that you've you've said so far. Yeah. Um I mean all of it is is logical, it is founded uh and you know, the the thing that that I thought as I was going through it and and again like sometimes this is this is my gripe with what we call literature is that um we we take something and we just sort of like flex, right? To to use like a, yeah. a modern modern term for it, and and like this this whole book was like, um, he's very very clearly got a command for you know for language for words. Um, he has a wide variety um, of of words at his disposal, like a much better vocabulary than just I could ever imagine. Sure. Descriptive imagery in here. It's very clear that he, he knows he has a very just concise mind for an image that he's trying to put into the reader's mind and how he can go about that in a very like interesting and interwoven way. Like very, very strong mastery of that. Yeah. And, and extraordinarily efficient 
at, sure. at his at Yeah. That. I mean it's it's not one of those where you'll spend like three paragraphs getting to a point, right? Where you're just right. you're just rolling over metaphors and rolling over all of this until you finally get to the point. They're very concise. Yeah. But the problem is is they're everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere. There's no moment to like breathe, like no, put your head up in water. It just feels like there's just waves and waves and waves and waves coming in constantly. Right. It's so just uh, demoralizing to me as a reader that's very much I'm a plot reader. I'm not a I'm yeah. not a stylistic reader. And and I think when you take that um to the extraordinary length of creating a novel, it becomes even more problematic. Led Zeppelin, one of my favorite bands ever. Absolutely. The live drum solo of Moby Dick can get fucked. Like I, I could, I could not. That's care. another thing that's very divisive. I could, there are people that love it. And no, I know, that hate but it. like I don't need to listen to a thirteen-minute drum solo or whatever it is. Yeah. Right? Like I get it. John Bonham, great, great drummer, but I don't need to hear him banging the drums for for that long. Right? And so that's where I think that the style subverts the the topic or mm-hmm. the topics or you know uh, his situation is that it is exhausting. You do have to constantly engage at this sort of higher intellect and, you know, identify metaphor, be ready for, you know, changes in time and topic within paragraphs. Um, and that, as a reader, is is mentally exhausting, whether you're, you know, fully engaging with it, you know, sitting at a desk doing nothing else, or mm-hmm. you're sitting in an airport trying to, to get a, a chapter or so in. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I totally understand where you're coming from with with style. And, you know, I, I think that if I could like distill everything that, that I think about it is that it's impressive, impressive as hell, but it's not necessary. Like, sure. That's that's my impression of of kind of everything. But maybe we can set that aside um, until it comes up again, which I'm sure it will. And let's let's talk about some of the some of the subject matter in okay. this book. Um, so you've got uh, just to list the things that come to mind immediately. Um, you know, obviously the cultural you know piece. Uh, you know, Vietnamese family in in America, uh, just their interaction as you know as a Vietnamese family um, and uh, a boy being raised by his grandmother and his his single mom. Um, you know, you have the uh, the sort of coming of age stuff, the uh, LGBT topics mm-hmm. uh, that are that are all throughout. Um, you've got uh, the abuse, which is sort of uh, sort of undersung, like or uh, like uh, current under all of this, which kind of was weird to me. Yeah, uh, which I, I definitely want to want to talk about, like what you thought of of all of that, but. Um, yeah, and, and then you've got uh, drugs and you know overdoses and yeah. yeah I mean, it's just like uh, it's just absolutely wild the amount of stuff that and mental health packed. Yeah, mental health. You're talking about yeah. like schizophrenia and post traumatic stress and all this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty wild, man. So um, I don't know where you want to jump in on any of those topics, but I'll I'll start by saying that. I struggle no matter no matter what with like explicit sex in any any book that I that I read I get like uncomfortable as hell about it and as a reader as as a, as I'm reading this I think it's the first time that like I've ever I, actually I know that it's the first time that I've ever read like any sort of explicit like you know gay sexual stuff in, sure. in any sort of like 
book or anything. Like it's just it's the first time that like in my mind's eye I've been exposed to uh, any any sort of situation like that. So sure. Um, as a straight man, that was like a little bit unsettling because it's not something that I've ever sat back and like thought about. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you're presented with this, that this thing that you, like me, uh, I didn't really necessarily want to like be exposed to or think about because part of me is like, I, I'm just, I'm prude in that way. I don't want to necessarily like hear about other people's sexual experiences. Although I realized, you know, as I'm reading this novel, it's, it's, Less for him, I think, about the sexual experience in and of itself, but more about, like, the embarrassment, the humility that we kind of all go through, or, sure. or you know, in, in our first few sexual experiences. And the dynamics of it, too. Yeah. The, the unique dynamics, I guess, thereof in, in sort of a homosexual relationship, because we get a lot of that with Trevor, too, just kind mm-hmm. of his his views on his role within the relationship and right, with right. The, our narrator as well. I, you know, it, it was one of those things, I think that it's... I don't. I wouldn't say I'm like necessarily uncomfortable with, I guess, explicit sort of sexual situations or encounters within novels or media. It just seems odd to me because it's one of those things that it's they're very abrupt, right? Like usually within right. within sort of storytelling purposes, I guess um, you get a lot of like sexual subtext in in, in instances between yes. people, or you get a lot of like subtle nods to sexuality and i think that that is a very good accompaniment to a story right because it's if you're doing anything with human interaction obviously like human human sexuality and and sort of dynamics with that play a big role in people's motivations and actions and feelings and and effects and so yep. per- pretending that that doesn't exist is not doing anybody any favor storytelling wise it's being disingenuous but i think where there's a fine line in that is sort of detailing because at at the end of the day everything in this book seemingly when talking about kind of the 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 sexual i guess sort of relationship that we have between our narrator and Trevor you know it's all leading towards sort of the the un, the sort of coming of age the the uncomfortableness with sort of the role that you're feeling but kind of like coming into your own with that the emotions that are behind it yeah that it's kind of it seemed yeah it seemed a little bit unnecessary to the to the extent that it was in the book and you know people may disagree and a lot of this stems from the fact that yeah neither of us are gay neither of us really have personally experienced maybe the dynamics in that relationship or that first sort of relationship or those first sort of experiences where you're kind of crossing over from the point of what you assume is normalcy into something that's like a completely different right ideological or lifestyle or any sort of change i mean regardless of you know at regardless of when it would occur like that, I imagine that's a huge change obviously in someone's life because I, I don't know if there's, if there's ever that moment where you're just fully sure about yourself because the, the reality is, is, you know, you kind of are taught sort of the, the normal state of being and and sort of like human interaction and human sexuality and, and attraction and things like that. And when you first kind of feel that sort of your own experiences maybe run, counter to that it's i imagine it's really difficult to initially cope with or to initially sort of like figure out okay well what do i do or where the paths that i go and i think that that's you know why you historically see a lot of people that are in the closet for a very long time or at least not very open about that because you know there are things that i'm sure they're internally figuring out or trying to figure out or maybe even trying to figure out how to um sort of bridge the gap between what they're feeling with, you know the people around them that aren't in the know and we get a lot of that in the book too with kind of him 
explaining that and exploring that. Yeah, you know, to his mom. But yeah, the the all of those emotions, all of those feelings, all of those issues can exist without like the super explicit like sexual uh, explanations of everything. And I mean, it's yeah, it does seem to be a very and some people may like that. You know, romance novels or. Uh, erotic sure, novels yeah. make a ton of money, I'm sure, but it it does feel a little bit odd, sort of injected in the way it is in kind of a more mainstream sort of fiction. It would be the equivalent to me if like, you know, you went and saw a movie and it was like there was a very, you know, we get a lot of like, oh, like very, you know, a, a few like they'll spend 30 seconds of screen time on like this. They're like making out or passion and then we cut away. But if it's like they spent like four minutes, for example, and like. We'll we'll use an example. Yeah, yeah. We'll use it. We'll use an example. James okay. Bond, right? Yes. Obviously, Womanizer. You, yeah. I defy you to find a James Bond movie where he hasn't like, you know, especially you have this the intense, early ones. Sure, this intense moment where it's like, all right, baby, and they like kiss and they go uh, back to my room, and it's kind of like you know sensual overtones. But what if they just spent five minutes of like the, like the sheet over them, and it's just like mm, 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 just like yeah. that. That to me is it's kind of jarring. It, it right. really yeah. is, and it's. It, it's one of those things that it, I don't know if it's sort of the nature of, of this type of literature of kind of like pushing the boundaries on that. Yeah. To see like, I'm going to put this in here because no one else has, and I'm going to put this in here because it's really explicit and it's going to add this extra layer to whatever it is that I have going on right now. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it just felt really unnecessary. I, that was that was a long thing for me to say. Yeah, that it's no, not really I, unnecessary. I I had the I had the same the same sort of reaction, and the I think the thing that was most difficult to deal with was that you never really got like the sort of emotional payoff of any of that, right? Right. Like, um, throughout, like I always kind of felt like. Trevor as a character was always sort of at arm's length. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, they, they had these, they had these moments, right. You know, and uh, I mean, the, the non-sexual moments, the, you know, moment where they fet, uh, met in the field, non-combining words like you were, uh, it, where, you know, he describes, you know, their like proximity, you know, cutting, cutting down tobacco leaves and stuff. Um, but none of that ever like translates to any sort of like emotional commitment, um, which I thought was really bizarre. And if, if I just think of like the, the, the whole context of the book, right. Is that there were a lot of very tactile moments in, you know, whether it was land dying and, and, you know, everything that was going on there, but it, it was devoid of any sort of like emotional hook, to that, and it was implicit. I, I would assume through, um, you know, the the physical nature of everything. Same thing with you know the the sex scenes with Trevor, um, and all of that. But this entire book just like lacked emotion, right? In that, in that way. Oh, well, and I again, not to beat a dead horse, but I I have to contribute that at least for me to the way it's written is that we spend so much, even our narrator. Like yeah. I feel we have a good obviously a good grasp on, you know, his thoughts and his feelings. Cause that's right. what we're granted. But everyone else that's kind of involved in this is so not one note, but just, yeah, like you said, kind of at an arm's length that it's mm -hmm. just as a reader, you just don't care. Yeah. I mean, Trevor as a, as a person or as a character 
it's just it's you know we don't really know him right like we know we know of his interactions and and granted i guess from the viewpoint that we have we're not supposed to explicitly know him just like right the complex i guess dynamics of you know his family or with anyone that you keep close right it's you you truly don't know or you don't have kind of the inner workings of who they are and you kind of get the bits and pieces and we we see that with all of them but that makes for a really that makes for a really interesting like nugget to think about but it mm-hmm. doesn't really make for an interesting thing to care about for like a third party right the idea is interesting to think about and apply to your own situations and all that and stuff yeah. and maybe that was the point but yeah i mean trevor dying and obviously it affects you know our narrator but it's like who cares and then lan it's just like there's no emotions here like who cares right it 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 the whole novel is selfish in the sense that like the the narrator is is writing a letter for his own benefit um i want to get on that here in a sec yeah i want to talk about that too um but it's it's again sort of devoid of any sort of like exposition about like his shortcomings as a person um and they're just sort of like these repetitious uh sort of segments of like look what happened to me look what happened to me look what happened to me look what yeah. i am look what happened to me look what happened to me and i found that to be to be pretty exhausting because there didn't seem to be sort of like any sort of self-realization like mm-hmm. throughout. And and I never felt like the narrator, while he was exposing details of, you know, things that had happened. Yeah. Never really exposed himself, you know, in, no. in those in those really big moments like Trevor dying, like Land dying. Um, and by the same token like i said earlier i think some of that is supposed to be you know implicit and there's there is something to be said for uh sort of being graceful about letting your reader like absorb and, and sort of come to their own conclusions mm-hmm. um but i i think sometimes you know you need to be a bit more on the nose and 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 brave about those things right yeah and uh especially when you know, you you might have a, a point to make about you know politics or sexuality or you know uh, nationality, whatever it is. Like there, you know, there there's there's some sense of responsibility um, for exposing oneself. Um, yeah, I. It's one of those things that I guess to me, it just everything in here seems so like abstract that it is intentionally designed that way to kind of avoid, I guess, criticism, right? Because you're you're going yeah. through and you're talking about some very, like, potent and, and important things that, yep. you know, happened in our, in our narrator's life and that I'm sure relate to in a lot of people. But you're doing this, again, very sort of abstractly. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of like, oh, yeah, you're, you're laying out the details. I mean, even the premise of this, it, you know, it was right there, but you don't really kind of take it in until the book is over. It's, well, he's... He's writing a le- uh, you know, a, a letter to his mom who's illiterate, and it's like, well, no, it's really just him, kind of like, just, well, this happened to me. It's, it's like a journal. It's like, it's really is, is what it feels like. It doesn't feel like it's like that is the premise of this at all. Yeah, it feels like that is the premise in name only. And so you have these like very abstract things without sort of delving into our narrator's true sort of like present thoughts and feelings and the effects and all these things we get very just like you said at arm's reach things and 
it seems I not that it was necessarily deliberate, but it does seem like a choice has been made to kind of keep everything at arm's reach for the sake of maybe dodging criticism if you were to take a specific stance on something or the other. And then now you've kind of like, well, this is the narrator's views. And it's like, well, you know, a lot of this book, it yeah. seems to be written kind of, uh, you know, a little bit in relation to your own views or your own life or your own experiences. And so how much of it this is, you know, you trying to say something and how much of mm -hmm. it is going like, guys, it's just, it's just the story. And it's just, you know, kind of this, these interesting thoughts, but not really getting into, you know, we're talking about how we feel about things, or at least we're sort of detailing how these events made you feel, but we're not really getting into anything like concrete beyond that. We're not right, really getting right. into, okay, well, what are your, what are your thoughts on what you do with that? Mm -hmm. It's really just, well, I, I felt this in that moment and this happened. And then I felt this in this moment and this happened to me. And then that's the story. So I found myself wondering, um, whether or not like any of this was was brave or whether it was cowardly and um the reason that I, I i sort of thought about this was that um you know obviously he's writing a letter to his mother sure i mean uh imagine you know the things that that you have never told your mother which would i would assume be far less difficult than some of the things that that he's had to talk about i'd say it's a safe assumption um you know, I'm same same for me. But um, if you knew that your mom was incapable of like consuming that information, um, isn't there sort of a safeguard in like being able to quote unquote communicate that, but never actually you know communicate those things? Um, and t like to what end? Uh, so he writes a letter to his mother that that she's never going to read um ostensibly millions or you know thousands of people maybe probably not millions but thousands of people are are going to probably thousands tens of thousands are, are gonna, maybe even hundreds of thousands are gonna maybe read, even millions i maybe. don't know they're they're gonna read a letter that his own mother's you know not not gonna be able to to read mm -hmm. um how how is that okay how is that like acceptable in the sense that you're you're leveraging your mother's illiteracy um, to use her as a vehicle to to tell you know people about things that she may never know about, right? And and yeah. and to do it sort of under this guise. So I, I, there's sort of like a morality to it that I think is a, is a little bit tricky, and it's interesting to to think about in that mm -hmm. way. It's almost like you know, writing a, a I hate you mom email and, and sending it to your draft folder, but then saying, you know what, I'm going to send it to everybody in my contact list except her. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, yeah, it's, just, I, it's, I don't know. I, I, I have such a hard time with like just the concept, uh, of, you know, as a reader, you're well, able to consume that information. Well, yeah. I, the I intended party. Can't. So much of it. Yeah. So much of it seems like, the concept to me, and I kind of had this inclination whenever you read the little jacket blurb, um, but to me, it seemed like the concept was very like, here's my concept, guys. It's kind of out there. Like, no one's done this, or or just the premise of this is unique for uniqueness sake, even if yeah. it's not necessarily uh, 
if it necessarily aligns with what's actually happening in the book. It's yeah. this premise of he's writing this. It's this coming-of-age tale where he's writing this letter to his illiterate mother about mm. all of these issues, you know, within their family and their relationship and his own sort of, like, uh, sort of sexuality and coming to age. And it's like, wow, that sounds really, really powerful. Right. And then you read the book and you're like, eh. I mean, there's 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 interesting stuff in here and there's interesting themes and ideas and it's very much bogged down by everything else that's going on in the book. But man, I bought the book because that idea was really interesting. Yeah. So. I mean, that's, that's kind of, you know, if we can even pull ourselves kind of out of the, the whole like podcast for a second. I mean, if you think about the literary world right now, or you, or you look at, you know, some of the things that are, you know, on the agenda for writing conferences or the things that publishers are looking for. Sure. I mean, this, this checks so many boxes. It does. It feels like this was reverse engineered. It feels like like, this was reverse engineered into trying to be like the, the super mega Frankenstein of like new literary fiction, right? right? You've got sort of a non-traditional writer, right? Poetry background, not a novelist. You've got sort of that injection of language that's not traditional in use in a novel. Mm-hmm. You have obviously sort of like that unique minority background. You have unique uh, like sexuality experiences, all these other things. And it's kind of like, okay, well, what's the kicker? Well, his mom's illiterate and it's going to be written in a sense of like right. a letter to her. It's what That's kind of what I'm left feeling afterwards, that this thing was like sort of... You had the the ideas of sort of all these nuts and bolts, and then you built a book around that, right? Instead of just it being something that kind of just naturally evolved into being all of these things, it does feel very, well, it does feel very like check the boxy to me. Okay, and and yes, I th- I think that I think that's that's a fair thing to take away, but let's also remember that. Ocean's mom. To is, be fair, is and, from Vietnam, and that's true. As, is, as a lot of this, gay. That's he is is a fantastic writer. Absolutely, he has gone like the things that he's writing I'm, about are not are not fictional. So sure, that's, I'm not saying, that's where no no. no I, yeah, I just I, I think that's where this kind of like is the perfect storm of like sort of the sure. literary movement right now. Right, sure. is that he is kind of the embodiment of the things that are popular as far as like. You know, right. literature and you is can, concerned. And you can combine it all into one thing. And yeah. it's I'm not saying that he is an individual, and I guess I'll backtrack because it's so hard to like separate I'm, him and I'm not saying and that he is an individual is kind yeah. of like taking advantage of sort of these these issues or things because they're the issues in his life. They're right, the issues right, that he's right. faced. It's not something that he's like, I'm hopping on this scene because it's real popular right now. It's like Whatever he's feeling, wherever he's at, the scene has caught up to him. Right. And it's kind of like he's riding this this wave because the ideas and the the things that people want to get out of out of literary fiction right now are the things that he's experiencing or has experienced. Yeah. But to me, it just seems like it's like a publisher maybe like approached him as like this, this is like our we we check all the boxes here. You've gotta you've gotta write this. Yeah. You know, you have to make a novel, right? We've whether it's from his poetry collections or anything like that, it's it seems that it's it, it kind of set the stage for this to be something that it's like this is really powerful and could be a huge mover in what we're trying to do right now or what's kind of on the front of what people are really looking for right. to fill that void perhaps in in sort of underrepresented voices or underrepresented experiences. This like literally checks all the boxes. And that is so hard for me to take it fully, fully as genuine as I'm sure yeah. it it can be taken because it to me it does seem like in the back of my mind I'm going this feels like a checklist novel this feels like it 
it is checking all the boxes and therefore it's kind of like being pushed to 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 the point where I don't again as a novel I didn't really I didn't really enjoy it all that much yeah. because of the lack of what I'm I'm I guess as a caveman reader that I am as the the things that I'm accustomed and enjoy and like throwing myself into in a book yeah. which I think is is totally fair um Man, I could talk about this book so much more, but I feel like I feel like we got to start heading in a, a direction that winds well, us down. Okay, but S- yeah, what do you have something in mind to start the the kick of winding us down? Here? Yeah, because I feel like I've I feel like the the problem with me for talking about this book is there is really there's really two elements to it, right? That right. you can go into greater detail about the style. And the themes, right? Because you can't really. There's no. There's no point to like. Let's talk about. Let's talk about Trevor. Well, that'll take a minute, right? right? There's. This is not a character. Expo- this is not like a expose on on people and yep. like their individual motivations. It's about things that happen and emotions that our narrator has about things that have happened and about experiences. So we yep. have the style. And we have the themes. And right. I feel like we spent a lot of time on the style. We've spent yep. a little bit of time on the themes, but I don't know what else there really is to like just sort of dig into in this book. Cause there's not if if you if you're sold on the style, you're good. If you're sold on the themes, you're good. If you're sold on both, you're perfect. If you're like right. me and sold right. on neither, you're hosed. It is like, what yeah. it is. So the the one thing that that I wanted to to ask you was that um did did you walk away from um anything in this book and think it's it's weird that like I haven't been exposed to this before like as far as like LGBT you know fiction or I shouldn't say fiction because it's clearly not uh, or may have elements of but is is not entirely um was was there anything that you walked away from and you but were it's like, classified and as you fiction. Were like well let's it's, let's well it's a novel a novel can can be either or sure but I feel like I feel like it's being from everything that I've seen as far as like how it's being pushed yeah. online, it's it's being pushed in like literary fiction. Sure, sure. And so it's one of those things that I'm sure it's heavily, obviously heavily influenced by Ocean's own life and experiences, but yeah. it's not a memoir of like on earth we're briefly gorgeous, a memoir by Ocean Vong, right? Like yeah. there's there's fiction in here. And so I feel like because of that. We get to criticize it because well, I mean, we could criticize at any, least any the book, things yeah. about yes, because whenever you're you're taking something and going, all right, I how can I hear experiences in my life that I feel need to be communicated and yeah. and I think would be interesting and resonate with a lot of people and how can I communicate that? And here's a vehicle for doing that. And obviously you have to inject, you know, little things of, of fiction in there because most I would guess most people's experiences are not, you know, in and of themselves like these immaculately sort of like interesting, like obviously human beings have interesting experiences and all this, but we also have just mountains and mountains of just mundane shit that intermingles in there. And so picking out some of the more savory elements and finding a way to sort of intertwine them, I feel is, is kind of what you have here. Yeah. And that's, that's fair. But I think I, there were a few things that I, that I took away from this where, I thought how interesting it is that with let's just uh, again like the LGBT stuff. 
Sure, um, that's not that's like not we, we been, have, that's we, not been anything that's been a central theme to any of the books that I can remember. I think we've had like tangential stuff, very very yeah, tangential. But, but yeah, it's it's usually you know implied or you know just sort of on the on the fringes of, right. of a character and or, I mean, or something. I, I feel like we've done as as readers. Like granted, we we don't have again we don't have a checklist of things that we're trying to you know, experience within books. A lot of things just kind of happen naturally. And sometimes we do force the issue. We're like, you know what? We're going to, uh, for earlier this year, we're like, we're going to read, you know, African-American authors because yeah. we feel like we haven't represented that. And we want to get some like uniqueness in our stories. And then we did, you know, female authors and things of that nature too. And poetry earlier with Christina, we're trying to inject sort of right, interesting right. things that aren't necessarily in this. And this is kind of our first experience with like explicitly sort of LGBT issues right. within our book. I mean, I guess... Um, what was it? Wasp Factory kind of had that yeah, strange yeah. sort of like it. That was more so kind of like um, sort of like trans experience. Yeah. In a very fictionalized sort of I don't know if it if it has a lot of right. like mirrored uh, experience with actual people with, you know, that are that are transgender and have those sort of issues. And so this is the first one that really kind of connects the dot between like here's here's an actual person who's had these issues and grown up with this right. sort of like experiences and all this, and they're putting it in their book explicitly to be digested and to try and sort of put right. this out there. So, which, which is weird because I'm 33, almost 34 years old at this point, And it's the first sure. time in the hundreds and hundreds of books that I've read over my lifetime that I've ever been exposed to that, like that level of like information. And I'm not sure. talking about just from like the, the like explicit nature of, of some of the scenes, but just like the, the implicit like awkwardness of sure. like your first sexual encounter. Right. Well, like, Oh yeah. Sorry. I mean, that, that's a, that's a universal uh, experience for sure. anybody. Right. right. And I've never 34 years on this planet, all the, all the like TV and books and music that I've consumed over that time. Not once have I thought, Huh. Like what is the unique any any of my gay friends would have gone through like the same experience, you know, that I would have the first time I had sex. Yeah. And like from from a, like an awkwardness and, and sure. standpoint, right? A self doubt and questioning and embarrassment and you know, all all of that kind of stuff that, that goes into it. And it I, I took away a few moments like that from this book where I was just sort of like Ugh, I I wish you know, I could sort of expose myself to a more like um, accurate representation of like human experience when I read. Yeah. But like, you know, when you read sort of like canon fiction, yeah. you get a very like, you know, straight you get white one male, or two, like, Yeah, you get one or two yeah. notes. And then kind of as you grow older, sort of your interests will will pull you in whatever direction towards whatever fiction. Cause right. I, you know, I think we would be foolish in saying that there isn't good fiction out there that sort of details a lot of this, like, experience. It's just something that we, I don't know if it's something that we've just, like, I, I wouldn't say we've willfully ignored. I would say that it's more so that it's it's less within that, like, sphere of things that we're just immediately, like, aware of. Right. Because I, I, I guess, and this is just me sort of spitballing, is that I feel like when you have non-traditional experiences, like when you talk about sort of like minority experiences or if you talk about like sexuality experiences or things mm -hmm. like that, you know, if it deviates from the kind of like bulk of what is makes up sort of that, that normalcy. And, and I don't say normalcy into saying into 
saying that things are like bad or weird or anything like that, but let's let's call it what it is, normalcy, right? Which is a very kind of like this homogenous, but you have little sort of stems off of that of experiences. When you start getting into these things that are not a normally experienced thing from a bulk of people within a country that you would see reader-wise, sure. yep. then they kind of, I feel like it kind of, unless you do something that's completely that's completely like blows the doors open and gets that attention somehow sort of right, gets that right. attention into the mainstream. You're just kind of left in these like smaller sort of enclaves that surround kind of like a, not a cult following, but yeah. more so of a following. Cause I imagine if I, you know, if I'm somebody who's, you know, had, you know, if I was Vietnamese and I grew up and, and sort of had these, these sorts of experiences that were unique to, to my own life and my own family, then yeah. I would gravitate towards reading about other people with similar experiences and stuff like that. So I don't know if that's just something that we do unconsciously, subconsciously or whatever, but we tend, I think, obviously to gravitate towards those type of things. And this one you know, I don't think we necessarily had that expectation. So it was yeah, a, it yeah. was a surprise the level of of issues that we're getting into. And I think, yeah, like you said, it's one of those eye opening things where it's like I absolutely am always interested in in experiences and ideas and just general information about things that I either don't know, haven't experienced, haven't had, or yeah. even in some instances like ideas I don't personally share. Like I'm very much open to that. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't know where to begin with those sorts of things, right? Like with that in mind, like it's like you know, yeah. Where do we go from there, and how do we kind of approach those sorts of things, and 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 go about that route? You know, I think a lot of it is just kind of like, all right, well, we just need to dive in. But like, where do you begin? Like, should we reach out to some of our some of our our you know gay friends or some of our friends that have had these same sorts of like minority experiences to be like, hey, random question or weird question. Yeah, tell me about your first time. Weird question. Or like, not even you that. You and I wouldn't a, even have that conversation or even, to be honest. Or uh, not even just that, but even just like, hey, this is going to sound like a weird question, but have you read any like uh, yeah. good fiction or good nonfiction or anything that's interested you that maybe is something that you would be more obviously more aware of? of going out and putting yourself out there to try to read and to try to find than someone like me, because I don't necessarily know right, exactly right. the same avenues besides just getting onto Amazon or Goodreads and searching like LGBT fiction. Right. <laughs> and then you're just kind of in like, you're just dropped in a pool of just, you know, anything that flags up on this and right, whether right. it's, you know, necessarily something that you would be interested in or at least would, would get value out of. You know, I think it'll be interesting, you know, it'll probably be decades from now where, you know, this sort of conversation will not even be a conversation uh -huh. where it's just become so normalized in, in literature that somebody's going to have to go back and explain, like, at one point, like, sexuality was a divisive, like, thing. And, you know, here's how they handled it in the early 2000s and 90s mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever. And now it's more like, you know, commonplace in literature. And, I mean, that's the that's the and, place you assume we'll get. Sure. And again, this all kind of goes back to the what's in vogue in, um, I guess, higher level, like, like yeah. lit fiction. Yeah. And that isn't to, that isn't, I, I don't know if it came off that way earlier when I'm talking about checking the boxes. Like, I'm not trying to do that in like a derogatory manner. Like, I think it is important that you kind of see trends now trending towards saying like, hey, let's get something Let's get some. Let's just throw some interesting things in here. Let's let's bring sure, some ideas sure. to the forefront. Let's bring some experiences to the forefront. Um, whether or not it's, I think, you know, somebody 
going out there because again at the bottom of the line or when it comes down to the bottom line i think publishers are trying to make money oh absolutely so they they have a and pulse on what penguin who published this is you know definitely a sure. big one i don't think that uh i don't think that publishing institutions in and of themselves are are positive or negative things i don't think they act altruistically no. holy i don't no. think they act maliciously holy i think at the end of the day they're going to act in a way that keeps them in business and so sure. in some ways it's like i i'm glad that you know we kind of get experiences like this but it is very hard for me to not look at this and go like okay like someone some some uh some some publisher or some they got this like manuscript on their desk and they're just salivating over over how many you know boxes this checks yeah but. and i i get it i completely understand all right so let's let's wrap this we got to put this on a shelf want me to go first yeah go for it all right I'm going to stick this on my middle shelf. Interesting. Yeah. Because um, I felt like, okay, so yeah. you got you got to got to work I gotta, back I from this to me. Yeah, because I, I, I think that this book um, is one of those ones that um, you need to read on multiple levels. You need to have like sort of a higher level of consciousness as you, you know, go through things and try to tie everything back. Um, and I think that once you start to really assess it um, critically – as a piece of, you know, literary fiction as opposed to just a piece of, you know, common fiction, if you will, mm-hmm. um, then I think, you know, it's sort of its genius in its composition starts to come out a little bit. Um, I think that I think that some of the ways that he approached some of it are not the ways that, yeah. that I would have liked to have seen. I think, again, it while it had sort of a tactile nature to it, lacked... Um, uh, sort of this visceral, like emotional level to it, which I expected to at least be uh, more clearly implicit than it was. Yeah. Um, you know, but at, at the same time, I, I, th- I think this book has value. I think that there are certainly things that if, you know, on another reading I could go through and, and really think about certainly if, if anybody was, you know, going to, to play with form and try to blend like the, lyricism and uh the selective word choice of of poetry into a novel form i mean he's this is a fucking home run like as as a linguist i mean he is fantastic throughout this entire book um and you know you could pick out words and and fragments and sentences we i never mean, got into all your dog i ears. know we don't we we don't have time for it i must have two dozen dog ears in there i but guess that's th- more representative just, than just actually pulling them any of them yeah i mean so I think for all of those reasons, it's it's something to be admired. I think it's something that that I would like to go back on and and read again, having gone through it once before, mm-hmm. um, and you know see what el- what else I can sort of pull from the text. And that to me is is mentally stimulating. I think that is is something that I certainly value in that like sort of segment of of my my bookshelf. So, okay, I mean that 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 is. Absolutely, perfectly acceptable and reasonable. Not that you're like looking for my approval as to what you put and no, you put it on your bookshelf, but that is a perfectly reasonable take. I, you know, I struggle. Yeah, I struggle. I always struggle. Well, I don't always struggle. Some books make it very apparent to me as to where they belong, good, bad, or otherwise. Um, but this is probably one of the ones that I've struggled with the most because, despite all of the negative reactions that I personally had because yeah. of what it is that I look for in a reader or as a reader. Um, because of the sort of 
overall, I guess, negative feelings I'm left after leaving this book, you would think it's just an automatic donate. That's what I was thinking. But it's like, you know, in talking to you, and this always happens, in talking to you and just in general kind of like at least just speaking what's on my mind. Because you can have, here's the crazy thing that I find more often than not, is you have thoughts, you have impressions about things, but when you're forced to speak about them, when you're forced to actually sort of address them and not just sort of going over them in your mind, kind of here's the checklist of why I hated right. this book and here's what didn't work for me. When you're forced to sort of interact with somebody else and, and talk about that, uh, a lot of those change. And that's a good thing, right? That sure, you're yeah. that you're open to, to perspectives and ideas on that. And so because of that, I'm going to put it on my bottom shelf. Um, I'm not going to donate it because I think one of the... One of the things I prefaced it, and this is this is tough because I don't think I've been this uh, I don't think I've been this genu- uh, generous to other books that I walked into the episode feeling like it was a it was an easy donate. Yeah, but as I stated at the beginning, and as I continue to state, I guess throughout the episode, there is a lot to like in this book if you're looking for specific things. If you're looking for, I guess inside into sort of that coming to age, into dealing with your sexuality, into dynamics of being in an immigrant family and having that unique sort of previous like kind of war displacement experience. And if you're looking for, you know, uh, that stylistic sort of uh, very wordy, very heavy prose, very just uh, image, 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 image. If you don't mind, if you're just sitting there and floating and just the waves are smacking yeah, you, yeah. if you're enjoying that, there's a lot to like from here. None of those work for me. <laughs> yeah, but Understood. But I think like this is just, it's holding on to that bottom shelf yeah. just like by one, by the pinky finger <laughs> from, my, from my reject bin because I do think that it's a book that although I did not enjoy it on the first read through, there is enough there to possibly, possibly stimulate me into going and giving it an additional reread. And the okay. fact that I would even concede the idea of picking the book back up and reading again means I value it enough to keep it on my shelf. But All it right. will be at the bottom. It'll All be right. on the bottom of the shelf. And, you know, we like to do these, uh, we like to do those reassessment shows where maybe yeah. we move things up and, you know, maybe in the future, if if I get some downtime uh, and actually want to churn through a little bit of this book again, that might change. But, okay. Whew, it might change for the worse too. <laughs> I don't know, I but don't, I, I will I will very tenuously keep this on the bottom of my shelf. And all the books that I've donated right now are just like outside outside looking in, just like what what? Yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll this will be the one time. We'll, right. we'll keep it there. We'll keep it there. Save it for the time maybe. being. Maybe right. I like it. So, all right, an early Christmas miracle. Well, I knew I knew this one was gonna be. I knew this one was gonna be a little bit challenging, but hopefully the next one is gonna be. It's a funny that I talk about more Christmas, straightforward. Talk about Christmas miracles. This is probably gonna be the most straightforward book we've ever read. Okay, we've ever read on the the podcast because it's going to be a first of its kind. For those of you that have been with us for a year now, or at least over a year. Uh, I was very excited last year to get the Christmas episode. I picked a Christmas Carol. It's yeah. great. That was kind of a layup, but it was like, eh, it's the season. I've never read this. Let's get into it. And seeing schedule wise with things kind of shifting back due to our sort of late release of Kraken, I was very excited to see that I got the Christmas book again. Oh yeah. And so obviously I couldn't let it go without us doing something Christmas themed. Here's the kicker to that though. Okay. There are not a lot of 
long form novels or at least even short novels uh they're not a lot of adult books sure with christmas as a as a central theme most yeah. of them are very short stories or like short story collections or i guess like family memoirs in a sense of uh leather letters from father christmas by J.R.R. tolkien yeah. that was yeah. kind of more of a sort of familial thing so it's really tough to get a fiction um rendition or, or something that's centrally themed about Christmas other than, you know, if you took a Hallmark movie and turned it into like a romance novel, which yeah. trust me, there are plenty of those, but I don't think we were ready for that. No. So I had a choice. I have a really, I and I posed this to you before the episode, we could just say, forget it, not do a Christmas theme episode. And I have a really good sort of fiction book from an author that we've read on the podcast that we really enjoy. This is, it's already kind of in a bestseller recently released. It's got a lot of hype. Obviously that's right. Like the perfect storm is something we should read. Yep. 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 But we're going to save that. We'll, we'll get, we'll get around that because the book that I chose, literally this is it. We have to read it this episode or we're never going to read it done because it doesn't make any sense otherwise to do it. So for the first time on the podcast, not just, you know, we've we've kind of ventured out. We've read a poetry collection. We did a sort of autobiographical short stories with Sedaris. Yeah. We've kind of like, we've kind of gotten out of our comfort zone, but we're fiction guys. We've, we've read mostly long form fiction. Yep. Yep. We're going to read historical nonfiction. Holy shit. Exactly. I'm saving last episode of this year. I think our big end of year thing will be actually at the beginning of 2020, but we'll record yeah. it in 2019. So it'll count. We're reading historical nonfiction, right? Yeah. Because that opens up a huge avenue of things that we can we can read about Christmas related. But I found one that was interesting to me that I had heard about. I had heard about this scenario, or I, I wouldn't say phenomena, but just sort of this um, historical event that happened. I've, I've known about it kind of tangentially as like a fun little like, oh, that's, that's an interesting story. That's like a, a moment of humanity amongst yeah. sort of madness and chaos. And I'm talking about the, I guess, I guess it's fair to say famous, the famous sort of Christmas truce okay. in World War One, where we kind of had like a ceasefire amongst both sides uh, of this conflict. And they kind of like intermingled or even sort of had experiences shared for Christmas that it was okay. it's an interesting look into kind of the humanity that exists maybe even during such awful yeah. and terrible times like World War One. So... Yeah, so we're just, this is either going to be amazing uh, for us, or it's going to be awful. But, okay. you know, I'm willing to take the risk. So we're reading Silent Night, The Remarkable Christmas Truce of 1914 by Stanley Weintraub, I yeah. believe is, is the is the spell pronunciation. It, spell it so we don't screw it up. W-E-I-N-T-R-A-U-B. All right. Weintraub, I guess, would be the, the pronunciation of that. So, yes. Excellent. Silent Night, the historic, the Christmas truce of 1914. It's going to be a fun episode, and we'll probably talk Christmas stuff, too, because yeah. I guess with the nonfiction, there's not a whole lot for us to to get into besides just sort of breaking down the bits. And, and we can talk about the, the meaning of Christmas. That is true. We can yeah. talk about that. So that'll be fun. And then after that... We're just going to do our annual recap episode. Yeah, we're starting the new year off uh, with talking about the old year because yeah. I feel like that's that's appropriate. So. Yeah, I've got I've got a I've got a plan. I've got a uh, a formulaic approach to how I'm going to pick my uh, my first few months of books. So Interesting. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll share that in that episode. Um, well, that's fun. All right. Well, that is our that is our schedule for the uh, for the next month. Our next episode will be out on December 23rd. Thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs>